1: Hey everybody, welcome back. It is the Razzball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am, of course, B-Don, and across from me on here on YouTube, if you're watching, is the good-looking Master Lothario himself,
2: Gray, how you doing? Um, how about some more compliments there, guy? <laughs> um, you know, the... let's hear some more.
1: The uh, best-dressed man in fantasy baseball. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, B-Don? Hey not much gray. Uh you know That's just nice. uh
2: we are here. We we both had our birthdays. Hey, B Don, uh, we... hey, B. Don. what's going on? Hey, it sounds <laughs> like uh Nicki Minaj. Um from stripping to rapping to fancy baseball analyst, Nicki Minaj. What's going on, B Don? <laughs> Uh, her podcast would absolutely kill us. Like, she, oh it's god. a really good thing she doesn't do fantasy baseball. I was <laughs> thinking she would come on our podcast. Uh, maybe you could make that happen, Gray. I, I don't have those connections. I don't live in LA. Oh man, that would be amazing. Imagine it was like, oh my god, in Tower Wars this year is Nicki Minaj. <laughs> nice. We, we we kicked
1: out somebody that nobody's ever heard of, and we put in Nicki Minaj. I think it'll be a good good it's swap. Solid.
2: Yeah, it's a solid. <laughs> There's a solid swap out. Uh that's like uh that would that would trigger the booby trap in like Indiana Jones when he takes like the uh relic and he puts on the sandbag. <laughs> that's like something that doesn't trigger the booby trap. This would trigger it.
1: This uh, is stepping into
2: you know the trap sand. Yeah, absolutely. All right, okay, All right. So we a are... five hour podcast. Yeah,
1: let's go ahead and get into it. This is the first baseman podcast for 2023. Uh, what I noticed as I was going through your rankings, Gray, is that the dead ball in 2022 absolutely killed the first base position. Um uh, it used to be solid. Even last year or two years ago in 21, it was it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Um the dead ball seems to have absolutely killed it. It it gets it's not pretty, Gray. Uh, first base used to be like fantasy goodness, and now it's just uh it's awful.
2: Yeah, you know here's a uh, a a guy we'll go over at some point but you look at someone like jose Abreu, who i who i do like this year and who will go over in more depth in a in a couple minutes but uh yeah i mean he went from a 30 homer guy to a 15 homer guy in like and like that like uh <laughs> what happened man like nothing else changed like his fly ball rate is basically the same and it's like uh but now he doesn't hit home runs he hits line drives yeah it was a it was a tough year and first base doesn't look great like in general i was uh i was a little shocked at how bad it looked (laughs) to be honest i was like going through first base and i was you know because it's usually a pretty deep position and you get like you know six in and you're like wait wait, wait what <laughs> why is there no first baseman <laughs> yeah so am i reading right? this correctly like uh, yeah. is, wait no no he can't be top yeah. 10. oh yeah yeah he, top 10. Yeah, no, he might completely. be like seven <laughs> it's like yeah there's like you know the the top the big three of vlad jr freddie freeman and pete alonzo and then you know paul goldschmidt who's number four who just won the mvp isn't bad and then there's question marks <laughs> almost immediately. Big yeah, almost immediately, time. you have like question marks. So,
1: yeah, anyway, so we should. All get right, it. so let's jump into Paul Goldschmidt. He is number four. He's the first one that we're going to talk about. One through three was Vlad, Freddie Freeman, and Pete Alonzo. We've talked about them in the top 20, so you can go listen to that one if you want mm-hmm. to hear about them. So, Paul Goldschmidt in 2022 had a 35 home run, seven stolen base, 106, 115. 317, 404, 578 campaign. It was one of his best seasons that he's he's put up for, I mean, ever. And he did it, you know, into his 30s. The, you have him down for 29, 7, 94, 105, 291. Rudy's pretty much right in line with you in regards to everything other than maybe the batting average, which he has him down for 274. I mean, it's really just a question of whether you want. Whether do you think he keeps it up at age 35? Right. I mean, everything else kind of looks like it's in line.
2: Yeah, no, completely. You know, with, uh, with Goldschmidt, I think he actually like, this isn't necessarily uh fantasy related, but I think he might've just punched his ticket for the hall of fame eventually with, uh, his MVP year. Uh, just looking at his player page right now and his career stats, it's going to be close. I don't know. I mean, at a certain point, I think, uh, the Hall of Fame is going to have to, you know, forget about those career numbers <laughs> to a certain extent and start letting in more people. Because, I mean, it, it, like Paul Goldschmidt definitely is not Lou Gehrig <laughs> when it comes to career stats. But he is like, I mean, his numbers do look really good. Um, and, uh, yeah, for fantasy this year, I think going in, you just have to kind of like, you know, Put aside the fact that he's 35 years old and just assume he's going to keep producing because he's done really nothing but produce. If you throw out the wonky um, 2020 year, he's got, you know, he's he's basically been a lock for 30-ish homers, uh, 7 to 12 steals, uh, 300-ish average. Like he's a career 295 hitter. Uh, yeah I mean he just looks like base you're like your basic number three uh, guy in the order who's gonna produce and is uh you know a pretty lock solid uh, bet for uh, solid production I honestly I think with goldschmidt the only thing that is maybe a little bit worrisome is just the uh, the age but other than that like his numbers look, Barely normal, like, across the board. Like, you know, his fly ball rate was totally fine. His uh, homers play, uh, per fly ball is more or less within his career range. Everything, really, across the board is within his career range. Like, he just continues to be solid. Not going to – I don't think – you know, I wouldn't bet on more. But I also – I mean, if you're betting on less, you're just betting on less because of the age. And, you know, that's just – that's a total, like – just a shot in the dark that he's suddenly going to get old. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a problem with him. I didn't really love him going into last year um, because I thought, like, you know, I, I kind of felt like he was a little bit overrated, but, you know, uh, der on me, <laughs> not not smart, not right. Not right. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I like him, you know, to a certain extent. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to be drafting him because – he is going pretty high and I don't know if I'm going to, you know, I don't know if I'm willing to pay the price necessarily for him, but if he's there at eh, a decent, you know, I don't know. Where's he going overall? I'm guessing like 30, uh, 30, 30 ish. He's going going 28 right now. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you gotta like, and that's the kind of thing, like, you know, not to give myself, uh, (laughs) not to totally hedge my, uh, uh, hedge what i say and and to give myself a buy on everything i say but if you're going to get goldsmith you really have to have the right draft pick like you can't have like you know like if you're in a position where you're taking you know vlad freeman or alonzo then goldsmith's off the board and if you're in a position where you know if you're in a position where like if like say i don't know tatis falls to you in the second round if someone falls to you in the second round then You know, you're going to want to take that person over taking Goldschmidt. Like, like when you're that high up in the draft, uh, you really have to have a certain pick in order to get a certain guy. But with all that said, eh, I don't know. I probably would draft him if he fell to like 35 in the high 20s feels a little bit high, but... Yeah, I, I also can't argue with it. I mean, if you, if you need that production, I can see it, you know? It's like I don't see anything really that awful about him, like in any of his peripherals.
1: Yeah, I mean, if he makes it to 28 in my draft room, I'm probably going to have a hard time passing him up because if we're talking about that ADP. There's probably about three to five guys in that ADP that I'm not drafting. So we're talking about the pitchers, basically, the closers, the catchers, um freddie freeman i'm not drafting um like those there, there's probably five six guys that fit those in those categories that i'm not drafting so if paul goldschmidt slips to 25 28 30 then yeah he's probably going to be in my selection of picks but you're right like in up until that point i'm not necessarily thinking about him like i'm i'm probably taking all the first baseman that we talked about other than freeman when i'm talking taking devers riley um machado i'm taking michael harris so there's there's guys that are certainly above him so it it does fall into an adp discussion at some point um but i do like him more than freeman so that's that's one adjustment that i would make
2: yeah yeah no i mean completely i mean you know like specifically i have guys like i think i have like marcus Simeon a little bit above him so and he's going, I think, later. So probably, if it w- if I were looking at it, I'd probably be like, you know, Simeon because I like the uh, the power. Like Simeon versus Goldschmidt is basically a batting average uh, bet, uh, and more steals for Simeon. So, you know, in in theory, at least, and the same amount of power, um, but. Yeah, I don't know. Not really. I mean, it's sort of splitting hairs. I I don't I don't mind Goldschmidt if people want to uh, grab him. Yeah,
1: I, I yeah, I'm with you. I think we're kind of in the same place there. Uh, I, to my point about Freeman, I don't really understand why Goldie's going after Freeman. Like you're getting high average from both. You're getting probably. I mean, if we're trusting somebody's speed, I trust Goldie to steal five to ten bases more than I trust Freeman. Uh, Freeman just put up you know, a 35 home run season. We saw Freddie hit a 21 home run season. Um, They both hit for high average. So this is one where I I feel like the masses have decided Freddie Freeman goes in the top 15. Goldschmidt goes in the top 30. Whereas I feel like those two should be reversed. So I do think there's some
2: potential buying opportunity here on Goldschmidt, but let's go ahead and move on. It's fair. fair. No, I know one second before we move on. I mean, that is a fair argument because it is like what what are you getting from Freeman that you're not getting from Goldschmidt I guess it's the a Dodgers? little bit more a little bit more a little bit more average and the assumption is that Freeman and Goldie are gonna be within like a handful of power a handful of home runs I guess like p- people are assuming Freeman's power is going to come back to like 25 and Goldschmidt's like 28. So, you know, free homers is, you know, that's really a push basically. But I, I, yeah, no, I mean, I hear you though. Like there is a case to be made that like Freeman's average and Goldschmidt's average are probably going to be, you know, basically the same and Goldschmidt's speed. I mean, he's shown speed more than Freeman for many more years. Like he's has a, a lot more of a track record when it comes to hey track record, like track track and field get it no all right <laughs> continuing on um yeah no like freeman and and goldsmith is probably a good like you know who's better and, and it's hard you know a lot of people would say freeman but i is it is hard to say that specifically and i'm i had freeman i have freeman above goldsmith but i i don't love freeman i i think freeman has issues <laughs> like i do and it's like. Freeman is kind of in that place where Goldschmidt was a couple of years ago and Freeman could come out of it and hit a lot and hit for more power this year. But if he also comes back and hits like 17 to 20 homers this year, people are going to be like, Oh, what did I do? <laughs> why, why did I draft a 20 a homer, 10 steel, 300 hitter with my, you know, second pick. <laughs> Yeah, great. I mean, it's first pick great. in some cases. Yeah, first um, pick in, in deeper leagues, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh,
1: my whole goal is to eventually get you to move Freddie Freeman out of your top 40, <laughs> like, uh, like I have. So that's what I'm working towards. Uh, moving on to Freddie Freeman's replacement in Atlanta at number five, which is Matt Olsen. Uh In 22, he had 34 home runs. He went 86-103, 240-325. You have him down for 37 home runs, a stolen base, 92-111, 246. Uh, we all and i say we at collectively at rasball all kind of got on board the matt Olson train partially because rudy was like no he's moving to atlanta it's gonna be massive um if you look at the numbers like 34 240 is not not that bad um but he's like he's gonna be 30 home runs i have no des- no question about that but i have no no clue gray what the hell his batting average ever is gonna look like under underlying numbers look pretty much the same as they always have. Um, The first pitch swing rate was up and he struggled with breaking balls, but like that changes for him every year. I don't know what his average looks like. I just know he's going to hit me 30 home runs.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think with um, Matt Olson, the thing is that he's like the, uh, a guy who's like, has so much. I mean, he has so much power, hits the ball so hard. And you know assuming the the lack of the shift helps even just a little bit um you know even if even if it's just five points on average like he feels like it, like neutrally because of how hard he hits the ball I would think he's a two forty hitter just like completely neutral uh what he was last year was he hit two forty um with uh twenty four percent ks and uh two seventy four Babbitt. So if his Babbitt comes up just a little bit because he does hit the ball so hard, and his K's stay even at 24, that's not—I mean, 24% isn't really that crazy of a, a strikeout rate for a guy like with his power. I mean, 245 doesn't feel like insane for like his average. You know, like you to, like you said, I project him for 246. Rudy has him for 249. I don't know. I mean, that feels like I, I mean I hear what you're saying that, like, you know, from year to year, his average kind of fluctuates all over the board. But you know, if you're throwing out 2020 when he hit 195, he's been basically a, a 250 hitter uh for his career. Even with the two, even with the 195 average, he's he hits 250 for his career um officially. But I mean, even with that thrown out, like I'm saying, neutrally, he's 240. Throw out the shift, and he's 245. Yeah, I mean, 245 to 252 ish for average. I, that's, I mean, I don't think that's too wild of a, uh, you know, for him. I, I don't, I don't really worry about his average that much. Uh, I do feel like he could potentially like have this huge season like i like matt Olson still i'm still a big fan i'd probably have him i, I don't know if i have him ranked above adp i might uh let's see matt Olson's at four, oh he's at 45 overall as of right this second i have him at 40 overall you know uh subject to change obviously but yeah i have uh yeah i have pretty good confidence in matt Olson to be like a 35 homer 245 hitter with um buku if they if they still say it Buku <laughs> runs in rbis do they say it i don't know i i'm, I'm not sure what the kids say anymore <laughs> but yeah i i think uh, i think Matt olson's like really kind of uh, underrated a little bit i think he could have like i mentioned in my uh my top 20 uh, first baseman i mean i mentioned that i think he could have like a huge mvp type year like if i were to put like you know and i'm not saying He's a favorite to win the MVP, <laughs> but if you're looking for a like a dark horse MVP bet, Matt Olson like could be have one of those years where he hits 45 homers, gets 130 RBIs, 100 plus runs, and hits 260. It it wouldn't shock me. I mean, he's really like he has immense power, so. I'm a big fan, obviously. I have him ranked <laughs> pretty high. Uh I I would be I will be drafting Matt Olson again. Yeah, I don't have any
1: problem with drafting Matt Olson where he's going either. Uh the average is just a little a little frustrating. Like I said, if you if you look at the last four years and you mentioned the 2020 was being weird, but like 267, 195, 271, 240. Like there's a gigantic swing, even if you remove the 195. We're still talking like a 30 plus point swing and batting average. Um, and I, I think that's repeat, like I think he can do it. I think he can fall anywhere between like 240 and 270. I just don't know which one it is. So it just becomes a little bit difficult as you're putting your team together. And I probably build in a little bit more average later um than maybe I would have last year drafting Matt Olson. Yeah, that's fair. All right, moving on to number six, which is the next tier. Uh, The third tier, happily in the puzzle aisle of a toy store. Nate Lowe, sorry, Nathaniel Lowe. Uh, Last year, he went 27-2, 74-76, 302, 358, 492. You have him down for 26 home runs, five stolen bases, 86-94, 277. Rudy has him down for pretty much the same numbers. Um, I mean, he he, he got more aggressive last year, and it worked out for him – Lowe is kind of one of those guys you either believe in or not this year. I feel like,
2: yeah, you know, and uh, I, I, I do have more trepidation with him ever since I heard that the Rangers were using a bouncy ball uh, at home. That you know, it's not not that his uh, his home and away splits were. I don't I don't think they were insane, but I do think it's uh, you know it's a little. It's a confidence booster when the ball's bouncing off your bat a little bit better when you're uh, when you're at home. Um, he's actually he hit better in away games uh, for power at least. Um, yeah, I I mean I think you know I went into uh, you know I go into each player really trying my best to just like uh, look at what they should do uh, without taking too much into consideration what they just did. Uh, and you know putting aside recency bias but um, yeah he got more aggressive and it worked for him like it worked really well I mean his contact in the zone went up his uh, contact outside the zone it's all like like his O swing and his um, it it went from uh, 22.8 to 30.5 like that to me says aggressive. And it also, I mean, you know, on the downside, if you want to be negative, the, uh, the thing is like if you get really aggressive with balls outside the zone, you start making weak contact because you're hitting pitchers pitches and it's not great, but I, you know, it worked for him. And I, at 26 years old, it feels like he's come into his own. I was kind of surprised that I was the only one really, or maybe I'm not, but I I feel like I'm trusting him more than most because his ADP, like, he's going way after, like, you know, uh, Vinny uh, Vinny Paschetti and Jose Abreu, uh, you know, uh, Nate Lowe's going after those guys, Mm -hmm. um, which is, like, and I don't necessarily dislike those guys. I'm just saying, like, if you're going off a last year and his peripherals alone, not just, like, Yeah, I mean, his numbers look good. I mean, they look like uh, numbers of a guy who just broke out to a certain extent. Again, you know, it's a little bit worrisome about the bouncy ball thing, but he wasn't terrible on the road. So, you know, try to to overlook it a little bit. Um, Yeah, I I like Nate Lowe. I was surprised at how much I liked Nate Lowe. I think we should also briefly discuss that, like, between uh, Olsen and Goldschmidt there is like the biggest drop off i've seen in a long time for first baseman like it, or any tier really like if for a top 100 tier that is a like i think there's a good 40 spots between like olson and low at least in in my ranking so you're looking at like 40 overall and 80 overall which 40 40 spots doesn't sound like a lot except in the top 100 that's a huge gap. Like that is a really big drop off. Like we've gone from like first baseman to like, mm, I kind of want it as my corner man in a shallower league (laughs) or like, you know, like, or like obvious or an obvious drop off for a first baseman. Like if you, like, if you're drafting Goldschmidt or or Olsen and your league mate drafts Nate low and you're looking at the two teams you're gonna be like, yeah, the guy with Goldschmidt's got a better team. This <laughs> is <just> better. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what happened to your team. I don't know what you did with first base, but you kind of punted. It's like, what? I didn't punt. I drafted <laughs> the guy at 80 overall. Like, yeah, I don't know. And Nate Lowe's okay, but is Nate Lowe Paul Goldschmidt? Ah, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not I'm coming back with a no, he's not. So yeah, I like uh I like Nate Lowe. A decent amount, or Nathaniel Low, excuse me. <laughs> he's like, suddenly, my my man walked into uh, Louis Vuitton and decided to start going by Nathaniel. Okay, anyway, I I like him, but it's obvious he's not in the tier above. I mean, it's pretty clear.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And and to your point about the ADPs, I mean, the players going around Matt Olson are like Randy Rosarina, Jazz Chisholm, uh, Cedric Mullins. So, like, guys that are, you know, borderline first-rounders still going in that area, whereas the guys going around Nate Lowe are like Byron Buxton, Tyro Ty- Tyler O'Neal, uh, Seiya Suzuki. So, like, guys you're hoping bounce back. Like, that's the difference at ADP cost between Olsen and Lowe. And you're right. That's, like, the craziest split I've ever seen at first base specifically – and really, like, among most positions, catchers always kind of top-heavy, but, like, most positions work themselves out a little bit better, <laughs> slow yeah. or more slowly than that.
2: Yeah, um, no, exactly. Yeah, more of a more of a gradual decrease versus this giant jump down. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so no, moving on to number seven, Jose Abreu. He's off to Houston, and also the poster boy for the first base dead ball death by uh, death by lack of home runs last year, he had 15 home runs. He had 85, 75, 304, 378, 446. You have him down for 26 home runs this year: 83, 109, 273. So you clearly like the move back to Houston here. Or move I do. Yeah.
2: No, I am. I'm a fan. I like Jose Abreu. I think. Uh, I think he's probably. You know, um, like it's it, like it, honestly. It's going to come down to, like, this is going to be a make-or-break year for sure uh, for, um, well, definitely for Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that, but I just keep thinking of Tatis. Like, I wake up in the middle of the night in sweats, like, holy crap, if Tatis is not good this year, like, it's the end of his career. <laughs> but anyway, Jose Abreu, like, if he has another 15 homer year, then, you know, egg on my face and Jose Abreu is now a 15 homer guy. Like that is probably, I mean, that's a legitimate concern for sure, but I I don't know the Crawford boxes um, him just going to like a really stacked lineup. I like Jose Abreu. I like the bounce back. I think he's still like, if you look at his numbers, like his hard hit percentage year over year from 21 to 22, Wasn't a huge difference. Like his uh, fly balls were down a little bit, but not too bad. It was really his Homer per fly ball that really took the biggest dump and that happened with everyone in Chicago. Like I, I almost feel like they set their a humidor on eleven, and it was like, whoa, <laughs> we do we're we're too high. I think. Wait, what's going on here? <laughs> why is the humidor deflating the balls? <laughs> they, they, why do the balls look like raisins? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like Jose Abreu though. I think he's, you know, he is what he is. Honestly. I wouldn't expect, like you know, he's not going to suddenly steal seven bags, like you know, he's totally exactly what you expect, um, plus or minus on the power. But I think it's going to be plus on the power with the Crawford boxes.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think that he's going to get some of that power back, um, and I, I feel like uh, I feel like both sides of Chicago somehow had the wind blowing in all season because neither of neither team in Chicago. Hit home runs uh now that maybe that's just because the cubs lineup is pathetic but uh it it just wasn't a great season but yes I, i'm with you on a jose Abreu bounce back um and honestly as at the first base position if you just get what he did last year which is a great average counting numbers and you know the 50 home runs would be disappointing but that's still pretty much what you're getting for first base <laughs> um here on out and we'll, we'll kind of get into that but Uh, Moving on to number eight is Christian Walker. Last year he went 36-2, 84-94, 242. You have him down for 33 home runs, two stolen bases, 79-87 and 240. Uh, Rudy has him pretty much in that same area, but he has him uh, slightly down on the rank as he has him down at 16th among first basemen. So it's not really that the numbers disagree that much. Uh, You have a few more homers, but just uh, I feel like Rudy has some other guys um, you know, projected a little bit better.
2: Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, I, I am probably giving him a little bit more, uh, credit on average. I would guess if, uh, if I had to guess why my ranking has him a little bit higher than Rudy's ranking. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, I think with Christian Walker, last year, like he's really, I mean, he's old. He's going to be 32 in March. Um, I think he's probably, you know, if anything, he might only have like another year or two, uh, you know, because he just broke out so late, but the power looks real. I mean, everything looks like legitimate. I, you know, I, I, like I said, I go into this looking to see if, you know, anything looks like, Odd in his in the numbers, and the numbers looked pretty much as they, as they should. I mean, it looks like his fly balls and his homer per fly ball they look relatively within like career norms. It was just, you know, it was a, a really excellent year for him last year, and I don't really see a reason why his power should like suddenly drop off. Um, so you know, with that in mind, yeah, that's where he ended up ranking for me. I didn't really. I mean, I honestly was kind of surprised he ranked as high as he did, but I don't know. I mean, if you look at his numbers, like, uh, say, 32 homers, two steals, and, uh, what, 240 I have him for, that versus, like, Nate Lowe, who I have for 26 homers and 275-ish and maybe, you know, five steals, I don't know. It's essentially I, I mean, okay, 30 30 more points on average, I guess, is you know, I mean, I, I do have Nate Low above him, so obviously I I had you know, I had that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. The average is more or less doesn't 240 average. It's not like he's giving you a 190 average. I mean, the career the uh major league uh, average across the, the league is like 240. Three or something. I mean, it's just you know, I mean no one hits for a good average. So I don't know. I mean, Christian Walker, I, again, I mean, it's not like the most exciting, <laughs> but you know, I was uh, I probably am the lowest on the next guy, so I guess we should move on to him.
1: yeah, and I will say for you and you and Rudy's despair discrepancy there, it seems like it's the home runs. You have him down for thirty three. Rudy has him down for 25. So that seems to be the biggest difference between the two projections. Um, and I will say, like, he's been very erratic in his power. Like, he, he had the 29 homer season in 2019, the shortened 20 season, he had seven, which would have it out to like low 20s. And then last year in 115 games, he had, or 2021, he had 10, and then he had 36 in 22. So, like, it's just been a little bit erratic in, in regards to the power. So, I can see where Rudy's coming from. He just doesn't give him that that 30-plus guaranteed. Um, I, I'd probably have him over 25, so I'm probably right in the middle of you, two. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so moving on to Vinny P. Last year, he comes up 72 games. He had 10 home runs. He had a stolen base, 25-26. He hits 295, 383, 450, and AAA in 73 games. He had 18 home runs, three stolen bases. and hit 277. You've got him down for 27 home runs, a stolen base, 71, 82, and 279. And as you mentioned, he does have a little bit of helium. Just, you know, anytime there's a, a prospect that comes up and hits well, they, they just get that, that draft helium the next year a little bit. I don't feel like it's out of control on Vinny, but what, I mean, as you mentioned, you may be among the lower people on him in the in the general industry.
2: Yeah, you know, and I was kind of surprised. Um, I didn't really, I didn't think I was going to be that low on them uh, when I was like doing my rankings. But yeah, people are really high on them. <laughs> really, really high. Like, even if you take me out of uh, out of the picture and you look at like projections of like 25 homers, two steals, 278 average. Uh, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like, that's fine. But people have him like he's the he's a uh what is he the sixth best first baseman according to ADP? So he's right after Matt Olson. Like, I don't know. Is is that is 25 homers, two steals, two seventy-eight average in a a Royals lineup? I mean, you know, I don't think the Royals are terrible, but they're not they're not, they're nowhere near the Astros. Like if you were to just take, so if you just take uh, no one else, but you just take Jose Abreu and Pascatino, um, uh, Vinny Peschetti if you were to take Peschetti and Abreu and put their numbers back to back, Abreu is going to beat him in average. He's going to, he's going to, they're going to, they're basically the same for speed. If Vinny doesn't have any real speed. And then so you look at runs and RBIs. Is there any way? So Abreu beats him in average. Is there any way Abreu not going to beat him in runs and RBIs? I mean, it doesn't seem like possible. It really seems impossible for Vinny to beat Abreu in runs and RBIs. So right there you have three categories alone where Abreu is better and steals where they're the same. So, that, so that your final category is homers. So people are saying Vinny has so much more power than Jose Abreu that he's so much more valuable than Jose Abreu to be drafted higher than him. And Vinny Vinny has 10 homers in his career, his major league career. I mean, I know he's got more power than that, and that was only in 72 games. But still, I mean, it wasn't like in a half season we saw like 20 homers and he looks like he's headed for a 40 homer season. I mean, that is not the case here. So I don't know. I mean, honestly, I wasn't expecting to be the, uh, the low man on the, uh, Vinny Pascatino, uh, totem pole, but apparently I am. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I think I'm kind of with you and that's that, you know, I, I really wanted to, to be high on Vinny P because he is a great hitter. I love him as a baseball player. Cause you know, he, he plays great defense. He, he doesn't strike out. He takes his walks. Like, he's a great baseball player in real life. For our game, I don't know if it all translates. Like, I, I don't even know if I believe that he hits your marks that you've given him, which, you know, respectfully seem, uh you know, low cons- compared to the general consensus, like we said. Um I just don't know if it happens. I, I kind of get, like – like if you take what Alex Bregman has done like the last two seasons and and give him a little bit more on average, like I feel like that's what Vinny is. Like he's and, he's put, him, and put him
2: in a, and put him in the worst lineup.
1: Yeah, and stick him in a in a terrible lineup. Like that's what you're getting with Vinny. I I just don't know that it's it's gonna quite provide the breakout people are looking for. Now if he hits 30 home runs and it's you know 300 this year, then I'll I'll eat my words and I'll I'll be completely wrong. I just don't see the three hundred thirty season happening quite yet. Uh, Maybe the power comes eventually, but I just didn't see enough last year to think it's
2: coming. It's also like if you're looking like I know there's no there's no speed really at first base or not usually at least you know there's a Mm -hmm. couple guys, but for the most part there's no speed. But if you're looking for guys that are gonna be like they're gonna outperform their ADP. You want to at least see guys who could excel in five categories. Like we said, with the Royals lineup not being great, like where is Vinny excelling to the point where like his best case scenario, and I don't think this is a real I don't think this is a real scenario for him, but his best case is like a Pete Alonso, like a breakout 40 plus homers and a 280 five average or something like that's like his best case scenario i don't think that's a real i don't think that's really and anyone's like that's like a one percent chance of that happening like i don't think that's really gonna happen so like what is people's like where I, I feel like bragman's not a bad comparison because like that's probably like the best case scenario for uh Vinny and then that case scenario is like kind of like eh, it's okay I mean,
1: yeah, and fine. I'm not talking about the like 31-10 Bregman. I'm I'm talking about like last year, like
2: 23-1. Yeah, like, I mean yeah. it's good and it's fine and it's like and and like you're saying too, like and I don't dislike him. I think he's great. I just don't see the really the fantasy upside. Yeah, I don't um, get the, the 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 fantasy ADP. Yeah. like, where like honestly, fitting, like-, like the next guy in my rankings, I think has more upside, but. Yeah, he's and that's, been, that's yeah, number 10 ahead.
1: is Reese is Hoskins. Um, we'll just go ahead and bring him up into this discussion. Uh, last year, he hit 30 home runs. He hit 246, 81, 79. Uh, Young down for 30 home runs, three stolen bases, 84, 77, and 245. I mean, he's he's almost a locked hit at least, you know, I'd say mid-20s home runs, even high-20s home runs and probably in that 240, mid-240s area, but you're right. As far as upside goes, like, he hits the ball really hard. If he just makes an adjustment and puts the ball, like, in play a little bit more, th- that could happen.
2: Yeah, no, completely. I think Reese Hoskins is, like, a great value bet. Like, if you're looking at a guy who, uh, you know, um, what's his what's his ADP? Uh, 121. Yeah, I mean – I, you know, he's kind of a boring name for like a sleeper post. So I, I didn't write that because, you know, got to keep him exciting. Um, But yeah, I mean, he's the kind of guy who could really like break out. I mean, he's not, I, I don't think, you know, again, it's like, he's not going to give you much speed Um, and he's probably his average. Like if you're looking at most, most likely scenarios, he's going to hit, 32 homers and 245. Like that's you know, most likely 29 to 32 homers, three steals, 245 average, and decent runs in RBIs, not terrible, probably as good as Vinny, if not better. Um, and the average will be lower than Vinny, is you know, everyone's assumption, including my own. But if he gets lucky. And uh, on Babbitt and like, you know, his uh, you know, if his average comes up just a little bit, if he hits like a hair over what he usually hits, like he's a pretty solid bet for 245. Like that's basically what he hits every year. But if he hit, if he gets lucky and has a 260, a 260 average year and gets into a couple extra homers, his two hits, 35 homers, it's not hard to imagine him being a really solid productive bat at, you know, first base for like a fantasy team, Um, you know, hit the difference between him and, you know, uh, Matt Olson may not be as dramatic of a difference as uh, ADP seems to think. Um, and I, and I also think, so don't, you know, not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not pushing this all off on other people. I also think Matt Olson is much better, but there's a chance that Reese Hoskins and Matt Olson could not, could be closer in reality than they appear, uh, in the, uh, rear view mirror. What am I saying? I don't know. <laughs> you, know you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. But I mean, you're, you're right. Cause we're, we're essentially talking about a 30 home run, no speed, 245 hitter and that's essentially what matt Olson was last year I, olsen obviously has a little bit more power i feel like or at least has shown a little bit more power and he has definitely shown a little bit more average but like their lines at the end of last year pretty close so i, I agree i think that there's there's maybe some additional value here to be had compared to taking olsen as a top you know 40 player
2: Yeah, and I I do, and also uh, like if you're looking at like uh, and uh, at the end of the day on the player raider last year, uh, Matt Olson was at six, and Reese Hoskins was at ten, but only four dollars separated them, and between Matt Olson like Reese Hoskins was the, uh, the sort of the next tier down from uh, the, in the first baseman at 10 overall for first baseman. Uh, Matt Olson was at six overall for first baseman, but they were, I mean, that's pretty close Four $4. Isn't like that dramatically uh, different. Like there's, you know, it's like the, uh, the difference between like, um, I don't know, say Christian Yelich and, Mm, Tommy Pham, Ryan Mountcastle. Like, I'm, I'm, I looked at a $15 to $11 uh, difference on the player rater. Anyway, it, it, Hoskins and Olsen are probably in the same breath when it comes to uh, production. But on ADP, you got to pay like $70, uh, not 70, 70, uh, 70 spots in ADP better. For Matt Olson. So you have to uh you know, you have to draft him like six rounds earlier than Reese Hoskins. So yeah, there's value to be had with Reese Hoskins. He could be a sleeper if he wasn't like, you know, kind of boring to talk about, <laughs> even though we managed to talk about him for 45 minutes. So there you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely agree. I mean, the, the 75, 80 picks and ADP seems seems ridiculous to me between the two of them, considering the, the again, four dollars and is not. Fourth 80 picks. Um moving on to the next guy, the next tier. Um I'm not even gonna try and, and name your throw the name out for your tier, but um <laughs> CJ CJ Crone, uh Claude John Crone, the king of splits. He had 29 home runs last year, 79, 102, 257. You have him down for 28 home runs, 71, 86, 251. Um, gray, I had I to run read these splits. Home, he hit 302. 22 home runs away he hit 214 seven home runs in the first half he hit 20 or 298 21 home runs in the second half he hit 197 with eight home runs I don't know if there's a person who he scares me more in this this top like 12 first baseman than CJ crone I'm I'm kind of terrified
2: yeah, no I I agree uh, Curtis Jackson Crone as our uh, as our new Tout wars member Nicki Minaj would say. Um yeah, I think uh, you know I think he's probably like he's he is Crone is likely not good <laughs> except for course. <laughs> he's likely just like kind of Kind of terrible if it wasn't for Coors. Like, he's kind of the opposite of the uh, the next guy, Ryan Mountcastle, um, who, who, unfortunately, the Orioles have ruined that stadium. Like, you put Mountcastle and Coors? Mamma mia! <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, uh, I, uh, which is something uh, Vinnie uh, Paschetti says. Uh, yeah, no, I think CJ Crone is like, uh, I mean, he's a lock for... 27 ish homers, Twenty, you know, anywhere from like uh 25 to 29 homers. Like he's a lot for certain numbers. It's just how he gets there is kind of like a little bit of an, uh, you know, you're holding your nose with like, you know, when you're in a weekly league and he's got three games at home and you're like, eh, well, here we go. Uh, hopefully he does enough at home because he's going to be awful when he goes away for the, uh, the final uh, four game home uh excuse me four game road stand um road series road stand i don't know what the hell i'm saying Anyway, <laughs> cj uh, yeah cj crone is what he is uh it's just the way he gets there is a little bit of uh you know a little bit of a nose hold yeah uh it,
1: it's terrifying to me um those those the splits just whew, i don't know if i can deal with another season of it i had him last year he was great to have in the first half um you, you knew when to start him for the most part, but man, that the second half line may be more concerning to me than the home away. At least home away you can plan for. Like I, I don't know what happened in the second half that he just fell
2: yeah.
1: the apart. Like he just fell apart, Gray. It was, it was yeah,
2: bad. no, completely. You know, and that's always like like the second half. I think the first half and second half splits, not just with CJ Chrome, but in general, like second half splits are always like they, there's so much weight that I feel like they carry more weight sometimes because it's like, well, that is like, if a guy's not good in the second half or if he's really good in the second half, like that is who he's going to become, you, you know, like that's always the worry. It's like, Oh, CJ Krohn was so terrible in the second half. What if he's terrible in the first half this year? And then he's gets even worse in the second half this year. What if it's just like, this isn't like, A splits issue this is like him getting bad (laughs) issue (laughs) like that's that's a concern man and you know CJ crone's the guy who i you know this is you know in this tier in general like we were saying like how the the first baseman's the face the first baseman is shallower than you expect like this tier is not great you know this is really like (laughs) this is not like i don't like some of the guys in this tier, I don't like hate necessarily, but I'm not looking to draft like, like CJ Crone. If I can avoid CJ Crone, I'm avoiding them because of all the things we're saying, like the splits are really a worry.
1: Yeah. I mean, from the rest of the way, on, like from here on out, it's like, uh, I don't really want to draft them, but I have to play somebody at, at corner infield or even first base. If you'll, if you, you know, you just missed out on, on the guys. Cause Honestly, I think first base is probably a position that gets gets that positional bump once people start drafting like we've seen with third base already kind of happen. Like third base is getting bumped up like there's three of them and then the, it, there's like nobody else playing the position. Um uh, first base is, I think is worse honestly than third base. So I'm surprised that it hasn't happened and I think it may come around. Um moving on to Ryan Mountcastle, you talked about him last year he hit 22 home runs, four stolen bases, 62-85, he hit 250 young down for 24 home runs five stone bases 74 88 253 i mean he had the career best he had his career best hard hit rate barrel rate average exit velocity and lost 10 to 12 home runs
2: right. yeah well, baltimore man baltimore moved they were like let's move our left field fence out to virginia and see what happens <laughs> Like, uh, oh. okay, I guess you found out what happens. <laughs> Bring up uh, Grayson Rodriguez, yeah. Can we get some pictures that. now? Yeah, like, okay, don't go out and get Cole <laughs> <or> Urban. <laughs> Come on, man, <laughs> stop playing games with us. I, you know, I love Ryan Mountcastle, like you mentioned. Like, I like his peripherals look better. amazing, like, he looks so good. Like, yeah. if he was in Cincy last year. His expected homers was 40 homers. Like Mountcastle looks awesome. Yeah, get him out of Baltimore. <laughs> like soon, quickly, please. Please. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I got nothing else to say on him other than I like him, but his home stadium, I mean, it's just killing him.
1: It is. It's absolutely brutal. Um, you know, I guess the one hope is, and I'm I'm trying to pull it up right now, maybe. Maybe it's time for his contract to be up and he can finally get traded out of there. Um oh, he yeah. just started arbitration, so no, he still has like yeah, three he's years. Not
2: going. Also, he's not going yeah, to they're going they're gonna give him they're gonna contest every arbitration. He ain't going anywhere for a while.
1: Yeah. So uh moving on then, since he has no hope of, of getting out of, of Baltimore and Camden Yards, moving on to number 13 is Andrew Vaughn. Another person who fell victim to the White Sox no home run thing. Um, 2022, he had 70 home runs. He 60-76, hit 271. You have him down for 18 home runs, 73-82, and a 264 average. Um, in the first half last year, I, I kind of thought he was – like it was, it was breakout time. He was hitting 301. He had 10 home runs. In the second half, he hit 234 with seven home runs. So the power really didn't drop, but when the average dropped 70 points – uh, not not great, um, and and I will say the White Sox as a team seem to kind of phone in the entire second half. So they wouldn't have Tony in the uh, in the dugout come this year. But what do you have on Andrew Vaughn? I feel like this is a guy that I could beat talk myself into being drafted because at least he brings some upside. Like at least there's still that that hope of of something to happen here.
2: The uh, you know maybe. Instead of a humidor, the White Sox are using one of those, like, uh, cryogenic freezers. <laughs> well, did anyone see – this is more out to the uh, general public. Did anyone see if, like, when a White Sox player hit the ball squarely, if the ball shattered? <laughs> anyone, did anyone notice that it this year? Flake off a little bit. <laughs> you know, just like the ball just shattered like a snowball. It was just like, whoa, what happened? That doesn't seem normal. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, uh, sun's up, sun's up Chicago. That's another thing that it's going to be interesting to see because like in general, like you mentioned, like Wrigley too played, um, really like a pitcher's park, which it doesn't usually like, it seemed like the, the wind was blowing in in Chicago, like every home game for both, and for the White on both sides. Yeah. yeah. For both sides. It doesn't really make sense. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to see like what happens this year. Like if the stadium, if both uh, Chicago teams bounce back with power, or if it really is because of like, you know, humidor, like, you know, jokes aside, like if it's a, a humid climate and you put a humidor in there, you are going to reduce, um, you know, offense. So that, I mean, it could be, I guess, you know, it's, it's possible something weird is going on with like the, uh, you know, with the humidor and the balls. And I don't know, man, it is bad though. And Andrew Vaughn doesn't look like he doesn't look anywhere close. Like I remember when he got promoted originally, it was like, oh, he's going to be a 30 homer, 280 hitter. Well, the 280 seems possible. I don't know where the 30 homers are. (laughs) I, I mean, he's got 32 homers. In 261 career games. So we'll see if the White Sox get into one of those, like, you know, thousand inning extra inning games, and he gets like an extra 500 at-bats this year. I don't know, maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah, still waiting for that that 60 raw power that we were told about to show up. Um, again, I think it, it can. I just don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen now or in three years when he – you know, the White Sox trade him or never. I, I honestly don't know. Um, So sure. I, it's again, I, I can talk myself into a breakout here. So I, I probably like him a little bit more than some of the other guys that we're going to talk about rest of the way out. But I, I also don't feel very strongly about a projected line for him either. Yeah. Moving on to our next guy, and that's Kai France. Last year, he had 20 home runs, 65, 83 at 274, You have him down for 18 home runs, 73, 79, and a 271 average. Um, And for Ty France last year, there was pre-wrist injury and after wrist injury. Pre-wrist injury, he was hitting 316. He had 10 home runs. After the injury, he hit 232 with 10 home runs. Um, So the average just bottomed out as soon as that wrist injury happened. Wrists are always a little tricky. You never know if they've actually recovered or not. Um, It kind of looks like you're taking the middle ground, though. You're not necessarily putting him at the 300 hitter we saw, and you're also not putting him down at the 230 hitter we saw.
2: Yeah, you know, and in general, like, with first base, I've realized on that, like, there's, like, it used to be the average first baseman was, like, a 30 homer, 270 hitter. Now they seem to be like 20 homer 270 hitters, which is like really not good. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not great. I, I mean, I don't know, man. Dead uh, <laughs> ball really has done wonders. <laughs> Like like in the the 90s it was like wow everyone's hitting 60 homers now it's like i wonder if he'll hit 15 Uh, yeah i don't know like like you mentioned the power was the power was fine after the wrist injury right so Mm -hmm. yeah i mean so i think the wrist injury was like it's probably not that big of a I I mean wrist injuries are always a little bit scary but I think he's probably fine like I'm not I'm not that concerned I think the uh you know my my biggest concern with him is just that uh Seattle's terrible park for power he hasn't ever shown to have real power like he's a line drive hitter so I mean if he goes you know if he goes and hits like 18 homers and 270 I mean, it's okay, I guess. I mean, if you yeah. gotta twist my arm, it's it's okay. I mean, it's fine. It's not really that exciting. Um, sort of like I mean, Andrew Vaughn and him are like, you know, they're they're separated by um whatchamacallit. They're they're separated by uh in in ADP that is, they're separated by about 30 uh spots, which is I guess only like two rounds, but still Vaughn is way above. Ty France, I don't know. They they feel like exactly the same to me. I, I mean, I guess it, that could be uh, uh, nitpicking on whether or not uh, Ty France is really uh, the same as Andrew Vaughn, but it feels like the same. Even yeah. though in ADP he's much he's he's a little bit later, uh, and for you know the the wrist injury too, his uh, his Babbitt was way down in the second half so maybe that accounted for something i don't know his hard hit was probably down too i didn't i didn't look to see if it was i'm sure it probably was but yeah i mean yeah he's an 18 18 ish 270 hitter hopefully (laughs) it's fine
1: yeah it's fine that's that's kind of kind of what i was thinking i mean he's kind of in that area maybe he gives you that that batting average um that that may be the one area he can kind of you know be a plus guy for you um but to your point about adp like his line's not that different than Vinny p he's going 90 picks yeah. later gray right, right. <laughs> I um I don't, I don't know it's just how first base works like i keep saying these things but it's really just how first base works and like and, and i think the main reason vaughn's going before france is just you know that what i said like there's still potential for vaughn to show us something like Ty France at best is going to be like a 320 home run hitter, um, Right. And that's like the upside. Moving on to your next tier, number 15, Jose Miranda. Last year in 125 games, he hit 15 home runs. He had a stolen base, 45, 66, 268. You him down for 22 home runs, one stolen base, 79, 90, 283. Um, I mean, Jose Miranda is another, you know, possible upside play here at first base. And, and honestly, there's not that many of them.
2: No, there's not. That's probably why I'm, like, excited about Jose Miranda, because, like, if it was a normal year, like, I'd look at Jose Miranda and be like, hmm, Heimer Condelaria uh. <laughs> <laughs> but because it's, like, such a weak year at first base, but I'm like, ooh, Jose Miranda, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about a two hundred and sixty hitter that can hit more than twenty home runs. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's got like you know, I, I put in a, I wrote it actually, I wrote a sleeper post about him, and I and uh, in, in the sleeper post, I uh, put a video from uh, a walk off home run he hit um, in July. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're drafting a guy based on one swing. <laughs> 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 little bit of a stretch i'll say that but you know if you look at that video he really like he shows like incredible power like it's not really like it doesn't look like a swing that is going to be like a 40 homer swing like i'm not gonna i'm not getting crazy with myself here but his swing like and how far he drives the ball it's a second uh second deck uh walk off home run and it is like everyone in the stadium knew immediately how, like how far the ball was going. Like it was really like, it was a shot. So if he's got that power, you would think he'd be able to get at least some homers, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, like this is a little bit like galaxy braining myself into thinking Jose Miranda is great, <laughs> he's, <laughs> but he's at least good. I and mean, he may not be great. I may be completely insane for saying like, you know he's got this incredible upside. He may not, but he does have a really solid floor that isn't dramatically different than, say, Jose Abreu, you know to to keep this in the uh, in the theme of Jose's <laughs> 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 Jose Miranda's like uh, he's he's a good, solid contact. I mean, as a rookie or even in his career, he's got an eighteen percent strikeout rate. Like, he's got really good – he makes good contact. He doesn't strike out a ton. So And his average – like, he hits the ball hard. So, like, I could see, like, a 310-ish Babbitt, even though he has no speed. Uh, But a 310-ish Babbitt with a 275-ish average and 23 homers. 23 homers, 275. Doesn't sound amazing. That – could be essentially Jose Abreu so (laughs) ah, maybe maybe not the incredible upside of like that you'd want to see from a sleeper but I do like Jose Miranda I'm I'm definitely going to be looking at him later in drafts yeah and for what it's worth
1: in in 2021 across double and triple a he hit 30 home runs he hit 345 basically at both levels um and last year in the second half he hit 280 so like the average is possible there, like you said. He doesn't really strike out at a high level. He walks a ton. Um, he's got, to, or he doesn't actually walk a ton, but he walks a little bit. Um, he he does make contact a lot. I will say maybe the one thing that held is holding his power numbers back is he seemed to kind of hit a lot, a lot of like toppers last year, where he just the breaking ball broke broke more than he thought and just kind of clipped the top of it, hit some hit, hit some weak grounders. So if he can figure that part out, I do think there is some upside on the average and, and even then the home runs potentially, because um, I do think he has some p- untapped power that we can potentially see. Uh, I'm not projecting him for 30, but I, I think that's not an out of the realm possibility.
2: Right. Yeah. And with the 30 thankful, I mean, his floor on his average should be pretty solid. So, you know, at worst he's Andrew Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Not great, but I, I, that's at worst. At yeah. best, at best, he could have power upside.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's there's really no reason he couldn't put up like a what CJ Crone did last year, plus maybe some average. Like that's that very yeah. much within the realm of possibility. Yep. Um Rowdy Tellez comes in at 16. Last year he went 35 home runs, two stone bases, 67, 89. He had 219, 306, 461. Um, 22 home runs at home, 13 away. Not not the best split that you want to see, um, but you have him down for 36 home runs, one stolen base, 71, 91, and 251. And uh, the note that I made here is, uh, who the hell is Rowdy Tellez? Like, he's had a 314, a 283, and a 219 average season. He's had 21, 11, and 35 home runs. His K rate has gone anywhere between 28% all the way down to sub sixteen percent, um, like I was. We were talking about like players that baffled me. CJ Crone, one of them, like the baffled me earlier. Like Rowdy us is maybe the most baffling player to me on this entire list. Like it is absurd. I don't understand like where,
2: like who he is. <laughs> um. Well, he's a big boy. He is. <laughs> we'll say that. <laughs> he's uh, a big boy. You know, That's for sure. The, uh, the most people I think are. Uh, I've seen Corey Seager. Um, I think I've seen Rizzo. I've seen a. I've seen a, a lot of the same names for like the shift ending and how much. Uh, and how much better certain players could get. I don't think I've seen a lot about Rowdy Telles, but I think he could really be a benefit. A benefactor of the shift ending, I think there's a good chance, like, because he hits the ball really hard. So who he is is a guy who hits the ball hard, and you know he's like a, a ro- and he runs like a bowling ball, <laughs> if a bowling <laughs> ball had legs. I, I he's just like you know, I think he's a, a thirty homer, two fifty hitter. Like I I really think like I I don't think he's necessarily like. Uh, a guy who's going to, like, maybe, like, he's not going to find speed, (laughs) obviously, but he had, like, a top 2% max uh, exit velocity and 36 on average, um, 36 highest for average. Like, I think, like, his, like, the ball just really flies off of his bat. So I wouldn't be surprised if, like, he... Like, I, I wrote a sleeper post on him, so I'm obviously a fan. Like, he hits – he hits – really. like, he hits – when he hits a ball, I mean, he hits it really hard. So you would think with the shift ending, like, I, I feel like he's getting, like, forgotten about, like, the guys who could potentially have, like, a huge uptick in value for, like, with the shift gone. Like, I think he could be – a surprise like really good on average and he's going to hit for power i, I don't think the power is going anywhere like you said there was some ship uh, some split issues but i mean if you just look at his peripherals like he hits the ball in the air a lot he's got you know his homer per fly ball isn't outrageous to be like it's it's repeatable from last year 18.7 percent and his hard his hard hit percentage is really good like i mentioned so With the ball in the air, hitting the ball hard, and the shift ending, I think there could be a recipe here for, like, Rowdy tallis to be, like, have his, like, little bit of – not necessarily, like, you know, I don't think he's going to hit, like, 300 and 45 homers, but he could potentially – like, last year he hit 35 homers. If he hits 35 homers and 250, it's great. (laughs) It's a great year. I mean, for especially for a first baseman this year. Like that's a, that's like a top five first baseman year. So I'm in, I, I like Rowdy Tallis.
1: Yeah. I I don't, I don't hate him because you know the, the home away splits is basically because he was in Milwaukee. Like Milwaukee is among the top five parks the hitter can go to for home runs. That, so he stayed in Milwaukee. I really don't have a problem drafting him. Um, it's just the, like his line year to year is just, the most baffling thing to me. And that's, that's kind of what I was getting towards. Um, I don't know that I, I see him as a guaranteed like 30 home run guy because he's only ever hit 30 home runs once. He's really only ever been on pace for it once. Um, I, I, just, uh, and again, maybe it's just getting from Toronto and Milwaukee. Maybe it's strictly a ballpark thing and he's, you know, the, the poor man, CJ Crone, or maybe the exact same thing as CJ Crone. Um, but I just I don't know that it improves off of last season that much.
2: Listen to the first base rankings podcast where we compare everyone to CJ Crone. <laughs> CJ Crone, Eric Hosmer, you know all the all the uh,
1: Reese Hoskins and medals and everybody's compared to those guys. Um, moving on to the next guy number 17, Anthony Rizzo. he's back with the Yankees. last year he had 32 in runs, six stolen bases, 77 75 224, 338 480. Yeah, I'm down for 29 home runs, seven stolen bases, 74, 78, 226. So
2: you pretty much have him in line with
1: what he what he did last year, and and kind of what to expect. I think at this point in his career.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think also isn't like I think his shifts uh, shifts his splits are <laughs> uh, his splits are I think bad, but they're always bad. I feel like he's always like. He takes a dump in the second half. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> uh, that's a technical term for what he does. <laughs> you'll, you'll hear that often. Oh, he's taking a dump. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he I mean, he is basically, at the end of the year, his second half, uh, this is going on a couple of years now where he hasn't had a great second half. It wasn't just last year. Uh, previous years, he didn't have a great second half. But I think if you're looking at, like, um, his numbers, like at the end of the year, they always look relatively the same. Uh, I think also with like ADP, he's not, I mean, I, I don't mind him. Like if he's there at like 150 to 160 overall, eh, that's fine. <laughs> I don't, I don't mind Anthony Rizzo. I mean, you just got to know. I think, you know, you got to expect the, uh, him doing a number two in the second half but if it's you know if if the first half is as good as it always is then I think he's going to be fine I uh I think you know he's probably a little bit underrated like if you look at just his numbers uh you know let's see who can we compare him to (laughs) CJ Krohn (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean you know CJ Krohn minus 30 points in average okay (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not, that's not that far off. Um, you know, I guess there's the, the one thing that kind of stands out for him is that there's not much time for him at DH in New York. So maybe that's part of the second half fall off that that's come as he's gotten older is he, he can't just fall into the DH and just hit because they have Stanton. Uh, they obviously try and get judged some days off there too. So that may be the biggest problem for him is just, he wears over, wears out a little bit over the second half. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, he's pretty much going to give you his numbers. I, I don't really see anything that stands out too much that so we need, need to discuss more. Uh, number 18 is Alec Baum. Last year he had 13 home runs, two stolen bases. 79-72, he hit 280, 315, 398. You have him down for 18 home runs, six stolen bases, 81-75, 286. Um, I mean, he finally got his ground ball rate under 50%, so that's a positive. Uh, but uh, still is not quite hitting the ball with the same authority. We thought we would see from Alec Bob.
2: Yeah. I also think like uh, if you think of like uh, Yelich or any other guy who like only, only if he were to change his launch angle, (laughs) you know, it's (laughs) like, it's never, it's never that simple. Uh, Even though like, yeah, Alec, bomb like you mentioned i mean he did hit for uh he did hit a little bit less on the ground balls uh last year and his fly balls were up a little bit uh he's he's a line drive hitter more than anything i think if you're uh looking at you know him uh, maybe i i have him for 18 homers like you mentioned I'm, i don't know even in retrospect that might be a little bit high that might be a little bit optimistic but if he can get to like, you know, I don't know, fifteen to eighteen homers, he is a two I mean he is essentially a two eighty hitter, so it's it's basically Andrew Vaughn <laughs> Oh Vaughn. Vaughn.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I will say for bomb, um and obviously that we talked about the launch angle, it almost doubled from twenty one to twenty twenty two so there is a little bit of hope here that he, you know, he upped the launch angle. He maintained the average. So if he can just continue to do that, like I, Philly's not a, a or Philly's a pretty good stadium for him to be in. So I mean, I don't think 18's unreasonable. I, I think he can get there. He's still only going to be 26. There's still some, you know, potential for growth there. But uh, you, you know, he is pretty much on that Yelich, like just line drives and beat the ball into the ground type of path. So, until that changes, I don't know you can go go really above, you know, 18 to 20 home runs. Yep. All right, moving on to number 19, Seth Brown. Uh you actually had a sleeper post on him too. Uh in 2022, he went 25 home runs, 11 stolen bases, 50 feet, 55 73 230. You've him down for 28 home runs, nine stolen bases, 69 81 and a 238 average. Um, I mean, it seems like you're kind of in on Seth Brown a little bit here.
2: I am. Yeah, I I am totally in on him. You know, like his second half barrels uh, were 17.3%, which was fourth in the majors. Like, you know, it's again, like I was saying earlier, like the second half, uh, you know, second half is either a harbinger for what's to come or it's just the second half. (laughs) and he's going to not be as good in the first half this year. But, I mean, he really was like, you know, like it seemed like he was breaking out a little bit. And he's not a zero in speed, and he's got good power. So if he's able to, like, you know, connect the dots and have, like, a 27 to 30 homer year with, like, 7 to 10 steals, and he only struck out 26% of the time, uh, hit 230 overall. I mean, it's not inconceivable that if all these things were to come together, like I'm not talking about a guy like he's not necessarily like he, his ADP right now is 205 overall. So he's. it's not like you have to pay. You don't have to pay a lot to find out. So I like Seth Brown for like his price uh, where he's going in drafts and what he could potentially do. I think there's really a, a solid chance here for. Like a breakout that is like on par with Matt Olson. Let's <laughs> see. I I was gonna compare it. He's way better than C.J. Crone and Andrew Vaughn. If you're doing a ceiling, he's like a Matt Olson. <laughs> if you're doing a ceiling.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Um, I guess maybe the only concern is you know, how long does a breakout at 29, or how often does a breakout at 29 carry over into age 30 season? Um, but as, as the numbers go, he was definitely trending in the right direction in the second half average came up, he took more walks, power increased. So everything looked moving in the right direction here in the second half. So I really don't mind taking the shot on Seth Brown. Uh, we're getting a little bit long here, Grace. So I'm going to group these next two together because they basically had uh very solid first half and then got traded to San Diego and shit the bed. Um, that is Josh bell and Brandon Drury. um, you know, Josh Bell goes to the Nationals now and Drury goes to the Angels, the West Coast Cubs. Uh I mean let's just kinda talk about these two together, uh to, to try and move us along here.
2: Josh Bell goes to the Guardians. Is that what you Or saying? Guardians. Sorry. Yeah, he was uh, at Nationals and then he went to the Guardians this year. Sorry. Right. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, no, I don't I don't really like either of them either. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll keep it even shorter for you. Uh, awesome. We think, can move on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Josh Bell and uh, and Brandon uh, Drury, I, I guess they're going at ADP wise. They're going around 180 for 185 for Josh Bell and 195 for Brandon Drury. So uh, essentially in the same area of ADP as they are in my rankings. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping – in you know, in best case scenario, I already have drafted a corner man and now I'm looking at like either utility or I'm not looking at these guys. <laughs> so I mean, maybe, maybe a utility, uh, with Josh Bell. I don't know. I I don't trust Brandon Drury is like I mean, he really feels like just like Anthony Rendon the second going to the angels, like goodbye, like. I don't see anything coming of that. And Josh Bell, did, he does, like, he tends to have these, like, it's interesting, too, because watching him swing, like, it, at least uh, for uh, to my eye, like, it looks like he has, like, an upper, uh, like, an uppercut swing, but he hits the ball very flat. Uh, and it, he, he hits a lot of ground balls. Like, Josh Bell is surprisingly never mentioned in the uh, Christian Yelich conversation, but Josh Bell doesn't, hit many fly balls either so him in cleveland not hitting fly balls eh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> not great i don't know i mean he's also maybe because uh like when he does hit uh lefty maybe he maybe the shift uh, ending helps him a little bit but i don't know i'm not i'm not a huge fan of either either of these guys
1: yeah, I feel like Josh Bell is the guy you're like you take if you have just completely forgot about the position. You're like, oh my god, somebody please give me <laughs> an acceptable season. Um, and then Drury, you're you're I, Drury, you're taking here because he has three three position eligibility. That's that's why you're taking him here. You're not necessarily taking him to get the same numbers he gave you last year. He gets first, second, and third el- eligibility. So like that's why you're taking him at this point. Um, number twenty two is Joey Manessis uh last year in 56 games he hit 13 home runs one stone base 33 34 he hit 324 367 563 uh crazy crazy numbers in 56 games in tr- a last year in 96 games he had 20 home runs a stone base 51 64 and he hit 286 uh um down for 20 home runs two stone bases 68 74 261 here uh, this is a guy that i'm probably taking a shot on before like any of the last guys we've talked about other than maybe Seth Brown, just because I feel like Joey has, has some untapped upside that like we haven't seen since we talked about, like, I don't know if Ryan Mountcastle got traded. Like,
2: <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Joey, Joey's got his Menzies is not like, I don't know. I, I don't see it. I don't, I don't see <laughs> Honestly. I mean, you, Hey, more power to you if you draft him and he and he does what he's supposed to do. But I was kind of I was kind of surprised when I saw him being drafted even as high as he was. Uh I I feel like if you were to give you uh a, a a name and a scenario of who I think he is, uh think Luke Voigt coming out of the 2020 season. Like, yeah, I mean he had a good 60 games. <laughs> Joey Menes, Joey Menzies had a good 60 games. I mean, I don't know. I mean he didn't even have a good he didn't even have as good a 60 games as Luke Void had in 2020. But I mean he had a good 60 games. I don't know. I I don't really and he's he's such a quad A player. I feel like he's not really very good. <laughs> I mean, he feels like a guy who like uh, this time next year, people are going to be like, "Hey, remember Joey Menzies?" <laughs> like, I just don't see him doing anything this year. Like, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not in. <laughs> Good luck to you, though, if you are.
1: <laughs> that's that's completely fair. I mean, he is a 30 year old. I just kind of railed on Seth Brown for being the kind of the same thing. But that's kind of the group I, I'm sticking him in with is like the Seth Brown. 30-year-old breakout group, because that's where he belongs. Um, I, I will say if he qualified, he didn't qualify because they only played 60 or 56 games. If he qualified, he would have been 79th in barrel rate, 39th in hard hit, and 30th in average exit velocity. Um, in your article, in this article, the first baseman article, you compared him to Luke Voigt. And my big dis- difference between them is Luke Voigt was going as a top 10 first baseman. Uh, you can get you can get Joey like around two hundred ADP. So if, there's just a lot less risk than what we saw with Luke Voigt. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's uh, that's the upside there. Uh, Luis Arias Arez, Arez, uh, comes in at 23. He's first base, second base eligibility. He's moving to the Marlins. Last year he had eight home runs, four stolen bases. He had 316, 375, 420. You have him down for seven home runs, five stolen bases, uh, 93, 53, 312. Uh, look, it's Freddie Freeman, 180 picks later. ha! <laughs>
2: yes that's exactly <laughs> right <laughs> even even if you were to say to luisa urias uh hey you're kind of like freddie freeman he'd be like am i <laughs> hey, i don't think so <laughs> oh hold up, i think you're <laughs> I, I would i would be very surprised if he would agree with you unless he really thought a lot of himself <laughs> um yeah i mean he is like he's just an average bet really like if you're you know if if you are really hurting an average and you're like i have to get a utility guy who can hit 315. Then I, you know, and if Jeff McNeil's off the board, I guess you can try Luis Urias, but yeah, I'm, I'm not uh, in general. I'm not a guy who usually drafts uh, guys who are only good in one category and that category being average. (laughs) It's not usually how I draft players. Uh, I would probably, I would go for just about anything (laughs) instead of uh, a Reyes. I would probably even know take a, a flyer on like, a Miguel Vargas before Reyes, but if you really need average, he's going to give you average.
1: Yeah, I, I actually kind of like Reyes a little bit more than it sounds like you do. Um, he does give you average. He's also going to sit at the top of the Marlins lineup, so I just like he's going to give you runs, he's going to give you average. That's pretty much it, but I think that's that's going to be a little bit more valuable than um, you know what, uh, what his ADP is, plus he's got dual eligibility at first, second, So that's nice to have as well, although you're probably not playing him at first regardless. So um, maybe a little bit of a moot point in this discussion. Jake Cronenworth comes in at 24. Uh, Last year he had 17 home runs, three stolen bases, 88, 88, 239. You have him down for 18 home runs, five stolen bases, 79, 78, 247. Um, I mean, Jake Cronenworth. Yeah, yeah.
2: Honestly, with uh, with first baseman in general, like if you want to find a first baseman who's going to hit 18 to 22 homers and 250 to 270 average, you're going to have no problem finding that. That's, <laughs> that's your kink, young man, you're going to be really <laughs> horny this year.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, you got plenty of that coming your way. Uh, moving on to number 25 is Tristan Casas. Last year in 27 games, he hit five home runs, he had a stolen base, and he hit 197. And Triple A last year in 72 games, he had 11 home runs, and he hit 273. Young down for 19 home runs, a stolen base, 57, 66, 243. I will say on Costas, he's always been considered kind of a top prospect. Uh, You know, people were clamoring for him to come up and play first base. Base last year for Boston. I got to say, like, the prospect pedigree aside, the numbers have never really stood out to me that, like, he's a top prospect, that he should be considered in this this realm of top prospects. Um, so, I mean, maybe I'm just less excited about him, than, and maybe it's just like Boston-like fans. To, uh,
2: yeah, I don't know. I feel like I need to – I don't have it completely formulated in my head yet, even though I, I just cut you off in order to say it. <laughs> but I do <laughs> think that there's something to, like – a guy is considered a top prospect and they're really just a serviceable major leaguer. <laughs> like, it's like there's so many guys in the minor leagues who will never be serviceable uh, major leaguers that it, you, you look at a guy and you're like, that guy can hit 25 homers and 270 in the major leagues. That's a top prospect, and you're, and then they get to the major leagues, and they only hit like 20 homers in 260, and it's like, wait, he was supposed to be a top prospect. It's like, yeah, he's basically doing what we expected. It's like, what? <laughs> you guys need to, you need to lay off of the top prospect talk a little bit, <laughs> because you're saying top prospect about way too many guys. I still have my top prospect, Bobby Dollback. <laughs> Who hasn't even become a top prospect yet? I mean, you know, I agree with you. Like, if you look at his numbers, you're like, how is he a top prospect? But then you ask somebody in the prospect game, and they'll be like, yeah, he's got great power. He's going to hit 30 homers and 250. And you're like, so? Like, you should hear the pop off his bat. And I'm like, when he hits the ball? Yeah. When does that happen? Yeah, (laughs) I know. It's like, oh, man, you should see how hard the ball goes off his bat. It's like, yeah. (laughs) And? (laughs) What does that mean for me, man? Straight into somebody's glove. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I agree with you, though. a certain respect, like, there's a hundred, you know, like there's a hundred top prospects. In a top one hundred, <laughs> grace breaking news. So no, so there's a hundred top prospect, right? Only like fifteen of them are going to be any good. <laughs> so it's like eighty five guys are like considered top prospects, and they get to the major leagues, and it's like he's Nicky Lopez. <laughs> Like, uh, wait what how is he a top prospect like yeah he's got a good glove and he's got speed that's a top prospect bro like uh is it i don't know (laughs) Uh, anyway yeah Yeah. casas is i mean i'm just hoping he plays if he plays i feel like he could hit 20 homers and 245 which you know i mean in a deep league you could do worse i guess (laughs) It's not as long as he plays. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he
1: by all accounts he should have an opportunity to play. I mean, I don't I don't know why they wouldn't let him roll it out there and see like, is he gonna be the guy? Can he adjust? Can he do everything? Um so I agree that he's gonna have some value. I just I, I just wanted to bring it up that I don't know where where the prospect pedigree really comes from, other than like when he was drafted, which was like Four or five years ago, uh, yeah. well,
2: You got to consider the prospect pedigree is like there's there's people making you know making their bread and butter on uh, saying prospects are going to be good, and they have to say at least a hundred of them. A <laughs> hundred <laughs> of them aren't going to be good, so you know it's like if eighty five percent of them are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is going to be good. Yeah, no shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but if Justin Casa is going to be good, that's what I really want to know.
1: You don't got to tell me the top five guys are good. You got to tell me if guy number 78 is going to be like
2: – Right, exactly. An average major is or 78 like 78 going to be good? How good will number 78 be?
1: <laughs> anyway, let's move on. All right, moving on to number 26, and that is Josh Naylor. Um, last year, he hit 20 home runs. He had six, six stolen bases, uh, went 47-79, hit 256. You have him down for 18 home runs, two stolen bases, 56-64, and a 259 average. Um, not even sure he gets full playing time this year since the Guardians did add Josh Bell, but I would imagine he finds a way into the lineup.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, completely. And I think, you know, again, like if, if your kink is like, 17 to 22 homers at a 260 averageish. average. you out the handcuffs now? There. I do. I I do. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like Josh Naylor, especially if Josh Naylor also inherits uh, some of Bow Nailer's uh, stats. Then he's gonna really be good <laughs> if they if the scorekeeper gives uh, if the scorekeeper. Then he could be a 240-23. Oh guy. <laughs> scorekeeper, what am I playing <laughs> What am I doing? Am I playing Scrabble? The scorekeeper. Uh, the, if the official score gives Josh Nailer all of oh, Bow Nailer's uh, stats, then we're really gonna be great. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think Josh Nailers had a uh, he's had a little bit of like. A little helium in his numbers that's a little surprising to me. Um, but I can't I can't attest for what other people are thinking. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean he's fine again. Like he doesn't have like I don't know, like when he gets into a ball, like if you've ever seen him homer, you're like, wow, he's got great power, but then you look at his numbers and it's like yeah, I mean he's okay. It's <laughs> <He's laughs> fine. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like all first baseman this year. It's like, yeah, it's okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a guy who was supposed to be like power first. He's the, his max home runs in a season was last year in the majors with 20. That seems, that seems really odd that you would max out your home runs in the majors. Um, I, I just don't know that like his carrying tool again, power is, is showing up. Um, maybe his hit tool tools a little bit better than I thought though. So that's, that's a possibility. I don't hate Josh Naylor. It's just, I, I don't, I'm not betting on him to, to break out in any significant way either. Um, Will Myers comes in at 27. He's going to Cincinnati last year in 77 games. He went, he had seven home runs, two stone bases, 29, 41, 261. Uh, You have him down for 18, 5, 49, 53, 246 and 403 at bats. He had like a three week stretch where he was useful uh, for fantasy purposes last year. Can he get some of that Brandon
2: Drury rub off in, in Cincy? I, you know, I think he could actually. I think with uh, I think Cincy is like the new course field, like it's Coors, basically. Anyone, yeah. yeah, it's just core. I mean, it's course, man. It's like if Midwest Coors, it's Midwest Coors, man. It's it, <laughs> it's, it's Midwest Coors, bro. <laughs> the banquet, <laughs> it's like, it's like, It like sounds like the world's worst bartender, it's like, yeah, it's like Midwest Coors. Like, oh, wow. That sounds great. Give me a a bottle of that. yeah, Um, take a picture. picture. (laughs) Give me a picture. (laughs) Give me a nice ice cold picture of Midwest course. (laughs) Uh, you know, Will Myers, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if he's like traded in July. I could like I could totally see him getting moved if he has a good first half. But in most leagues, if you get a good first half. You can probably piece together a second half with another hitter. like Will Myers. Totally feels like a kind of guy who would like get traded and become a platoon player. <laughs> not to not oh, to yeah, totally right. go completely down the Brandon Drury uh, road, but I mean that he does feel like it feels exactly very Drury. Like. It feels very Drury, like yeah. Speaking of Midwest cores, if you drink enough pitchers, you start saying Drury, <laughs> Drury, Drury. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't mind him though. Uh, super late.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't mind him either. Um, he's always had a little bit of power speed combo and I think he might be one of those guys, like he's going to the reds. They have nothing to play for so they can play him pretty much until they get trade value. Like he has pretty much maintained his speed. Like that's, that's probably seems crazy to everybody. He was faster last year than he was in 2016. Like, that's really weird to me, but it's, it's like by the, by the stats, that's true. Um, and so like, if the Reds are just going to let him do whatever he wants and run whenever he wants, I could see some value coming here. And I really, and people hate Will Myers. So like you can get him so late um, four forty seven is is his average draft position right now, Gray. Um, so I, I really do not mind a, a late, late flyer on Will Myers here.
2: Yeah, no, I I agree. I think Will Myers is probably, I don't know for a fact, but yeah, he's at 251. So just, uh, you know, just to, uh, not that I, uh, you know, not that I, I see him being like a high draft pick, but since he got signed by the Reds, he's had a little bit of more helium. He's going at 250 overall um i would draft him at 250 overall though i mean if he's there i would i would i like i don't i never liked will My- or actually i haven't liked will myers in like eight years speaking of guys with top prospect pedigree <laughs> everyone will myers like oh will myers gonna be in, he's gonna be like a top 10 player oh, what happened there guys <laughs> i don't know but yeah. yeah i mean anyway he's going at like 250 i would draft him at like 250 i i have no problem with will myers and that's going coming off of like seven years when I didn't want him anything to do with him.
1: Yeah, I've always been a little bit of a uh, a Will Myers uh, sucker, so I, I can't say that I haven't liked him before. But yeah, I, I think first base outfield eligibility going where he is in, in drafts, uh, I think you do worse. Moving on to twenty eight, that's Brendan Donovan. Yeah, you know, uh, last year he had five home runs, two stolen bases, 64, 45, five, two eighty one, and one hundred twenty six games. Dumb down for eight on runs, seven stone bases, 69, 51, and 286. Wow, that's boring.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not great, I guess. <laughs> I like, uh, you know, I, I think honestly, I think Brandon, uh, uh Rod, I think Brandon, he's going much later, by the way. Donovan's going later in drafts, at least, um, than I have him ranked. I have them like like this is – we should probably say this is like the end of like a 12-team mixed league. Like this is – like these guys may not even get drafted in all your 12-team leagues. But if you're going to draft mm-hmm. them, they're these are like utility guys in a 12-team league and like deep corner 15-team uh, league guys, maybe utility. Uh, anyway, Donovan, I mean, for right now, unless the Cardinals sign anyone, Donovan's sitting in the middle of the lineup uh, like he's hitting – probably in the middle of that uh cardinals lineup which isn't awful and he's like i don't know i mean definitely not great (laughs) i mean not not amazing but he's got a good hit tool like i wouldn't be shocked to see him hit like you know i mean he could surprise i have him for 286 which is maybe a little bit high but yeah i mean he's got a little bit of power very little when I, say little, when I say little, it's really emphasizing on the little. He's got a little bit of power, a little bit of speed, and he hits for a good average. In the middle of a Cardinals lineup, you can probably do worse if he's getting anywhere close to 470 at-bats. Uh, he's the kind of guy who, in deeper leagues, you set him and forget him if he's in the, if he's in the Cardinals lineup and you just let him go out there at, at like, you know – corner or he's got a lot of eligibility too i want to say he's got like corner and mi um so he can probably play and outfield as well so he could probably play all over yeah i mean I, i'm kind of trying to defend my rank, <laughs> I but I, I think he's but i, I think he's probably going to be ranked like at the, on the player raider if he gets 470 at bats he's not going to be much worse than a top 30 outfield, uh, excuse me, first baseman.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, I suppose, I suppose so uh, by maybe by default falling in there. I, I think the biggest reason to draft him is the positional eligibility. So if you want that, that's fine. Um, I'm also a little bit worried because like Cardinals players that come out of nowhere and put up a solid season, don't have a great track record of like repeating said good why are you, season why
2: are you talking shit about edmundo Sousa? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's always hanging in the back of my mind like if he goes from 280 how dare to like you how
2: dare you talk about Aladami's diaz <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's my concern all right 29 uh, is a guy that i like uh that i'm probably going to draft everywhere because i've always liked him and that's alex Kirilov in 45 games last year he hit three home runs he- to hit 250, 290, 361. In triple A last year, he had 10 home runs with uh 359, 465, 641 slash line. Uh you have him down this year for 19 home runs, three stolen bases, 57, 62, and 261. I, this is a guy that I am hanging on to just the prospect pedigree and I'm hoping it's <laughs> over because he's never been helped. Like he can't stay healthy to get me a full season so he can do it. But I, I think it's coming. I It's coming. Right.
2: Oh man. He said prospect pedigree. I was just like, I couldn't hold it in anymore. <laughs> I had to laugh. Yeah, he's another guy that's like, oh yeah, he's going to be a uh, he's going to be a star in the major leagues. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe maybe he'll stay healthy and and be and and hit well or hit as well as people thought he was going to cuz yeah, I mean, he does supposedly have a good hit tool and power but no speed. Um he may not be completely different than Andrew Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The other top yeah. prospect
2: that we keep talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we'll see, I guess.
1: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um. Uh, so, yeah, we'll uh, we'll wait and see on Eric's kill it off. Again, I- I'm willing to go in on him. It's It's been more injuries than him not performing to this point. So, hoping he gets his chance, stays healthy. Up next is number 30, and that's Juan Yepes. Last year, he had 12 home runs at 253, 296, 447, and AAA last year in 50 games, he had 16 home runs and 277, you have him down for 16 home runs, 49, 56, and a 262 average, I don't know, it, it kind of feels like this is the the Cardinals guy that we've all decided is, is not for real among the group of them, like Newt Bar, like, Lars Newt Bar, people are love. Like, Brendan Donovan, I mean, people aren't really in, in love with him. But, like, oh, yeah, he's going to do so what right. he's going to do. Like, Juan Yepes is the one yeah. everybody's like,
2: nah. Totally. Yeah, no, completely. <laughs> like, everyone's like, Lars Newt Bar. Oh, yeah, he's going to be good. Like, what? <laughs> uh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's the one that's going to be good. Juan Yepes, not going to be good. <laughs> but what? Like, I don't, <laughs> Yeah, man, you're right. I don't know why that is either. Cause you look at Juan Yepes and you're like, well, in 76 games, uh, I mean, he had more homers than say Vinny Pescatino. <laughs> he, he hit more homers than him in essentially the same number of games. He has a really good uh, contact rate. Like he doesn't strike out a ton. He was like, you know, he's a late bloomer, obviously, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't see why everyone's decided Yepes is going to be the one that's going to be bad. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I could totally, I mean, I, I mean, for his price, I'm not saying like I'm drafting him in like the, the top 200, but for his price, I, I have no problem with Juan Yepes at like 270. You know, right now his ADP is 307. You know, when you're this late, you know, the difference between 270 and 307 really isn't that big of a difference. Um, unlike the difference I was saying earlier with, like, Lowe and Uh, uh, Olsen. uh Yeah, I, I think Yepes at 275, like, grab him and see what happens. As long as he's still in the lineup with the Cardinals. And right now, he's penciled in as a starter. If he gets 450-plus at-bats, I got no problem taking him – at like, you know, at late as a corner man or a utility, like super late in a deep league.
1: Yeah, and uh, he's, he'll start the season with first base outfield. He could potentially get third base because they use him there whenever they want to get Arenado a day off or stick Arenado on the DH. So um, he's going to have dual eligibility as well. I really don't mind taking Yepez here. Um, I, I feel like he had just as good a quality at-bats Maybe I think he had the best quality at bats among like those three, you know, the three Cardinals players we're referencing here. So, uh, if anything, I think there's a little bit of room for him to move up in the lineup above, you know, a Brendan Donovan, above a Lars Newbar. And if Tyler O'Neill doesn't get his shit together, he he can move up above Tyler
2: O'Neill even. Um, yeah, he could be like he could slot in like he's a like a cleanup hitter type at uh, a bat. So, he could slot in at like, you know, uh, right below uh, Arenado or something. Well, they yeah. they hit from the they hit from the same side of plate, but like you know maybe six in the order, uh, someone hitting between Arenado and him. But yeah, I mean I I like Yepes a lot. I'm surprised that no one's really like in, it doesn't seem like it. At least people are interested in him in drafts.
1: Yeah, I agree. I have like I there's been no fight for him for me to get him very late. Um, so great. We're here. We've gone really late, really long here on the first baseman. No surprise there. Uh, we're at 31. Let's, let's talk about this. I'm just going to name the next tier. Let's talk about maybe one of these guys, and then we'll pick a late guy. Uh, in this next tier is Lourdes Gurriel Jr. at 31, Trey Mancini at 32, Luke Voigt at 33, Yandy Diaz at 34, Jared Walsh at 35, Wilmer Flores at 36, and Joey Votto at 37. I mean, among this group, who are you most likely to to maybe take the shot on here?
2: Uh, I would say probably Trey Mancini because, like, if the Cubs sign him, they're gonna play him. I don't, you know, I I hate that the Cubs that the Cubs si- that the Cubs signed him because it hurt uh, Matt M- uh, Mervis. I think it hurt him at least. I don't know, yeah. It at least delayed him a little bit. But I I don't love that the Cubs signed Mancini, but I could see Mancini having a little bit of value. Uh, super late for like a corner or a utility guy.
1: Yep. Again, if you love a 20 to 25 home run, 240, 250 guy, whew, they are in Dear. high availability here. Um, <laughs> but uh, to the, to that point, you also like, if you're going to take a guy in like the top 150, and he's going to give you 240, 20 home runs. Maybe you just wait it out. Maybe you just wait it out and grab a couple of these late guys. And see which one of them pans out to be that. Um,
2: I, yeah. think abuse- I mean, if like if you're honestly, if you're looking at like, I don't know, say Anthony Rizzo, who I like, uh, you know, not to disparage Anthony Rizzo, but if you're looking at Anthony Rizzo and you're looking at Trey Mancini's numbers, they're probably not that different, to be honest. If yeah. Mancini gets 520 at bats uh, and Rizzo gets, you know, his usual 480 at bats. They might not really be that different, even though, you know, that probably sounds like madness to some people because of the short porch and everyone thinks Rizzo is just like this great bet for power in Yankee stadium. But, you know, he's been in Yankee stadium and he's shown what he's what he's capable of and it's, it's fine. It's not bad, but is Rizzo and Mancini that different? Mm, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, I'd say real Rizzo's power is a little bit more guaranteed, but I would say Mancini has the upside of a little bit more average than what we're going to see from Rizzo more than likely. Um, I would say my guy from my guy from this group is Jared Walsh. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be 29 in, in 2021. He had a 29 home run season. Now this, this may be like the dead ball just killed Jared Walsh and he just never hit the ball with that much
2: authority. You know, actually, it's interesting. I had a, I had lunch with a, uh, a doctor, this is, it sounds, like, it sounds like the beginning of a joke. <laughs> I, I really, I really did have lunch with a doctor, uh, who, um, uh, who is familiar with the, uh, the TO, the TOS surgery, thoracic outlet, uh, surgery. And he says it probably is like one of the worst surgeries a baseball player can have. <laughs> like, it's really not good. Like, I, you know, that, that's, he wasn't that type of surgeon. So take it for what it's worth. But he was saying like, he was. Uh, he knew baseball too. He wasn't surprised that Straussburg hasn't been great, and that other people coming back from that surgery have really struggled because, like the the muscles that it takes out, it's re- really important muscle. So, uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt, I guess. But Jared Walsh did have that surgery, so I don't know.
1: All right, that's good to know. Actually, I uh, I didn't know where the thoracic landed on the on the recovery kind of you know bounce back kind of timeline so that is good to know and his second half was just just absolutely abysmal i mean really his whole season but damn that second half was real bad um any you want to bring up one last name here from the rest of the like 30 first baseman yeah we, well i already said
2: sure i said uh, Mervis i said already so uh, you yep. know i i really liked him before uh the mancini uh and trade hosmer. and uh, yeah. and hosmer too yeah that also but hosmer i felt less Worried about because Hosmer's so crappy, <laughs> but Mancini's not necessarily that crappy. And the fact that they went out and got two guys anyway, I still like Mervis, but I I lowered Mervis in my uh, my rankings um, after they signed those two guys. One guy who I think could be a surprise. He's also extremely late, so you're you're looking at a guy who's ADP is let me see i don't even know he's so late i can't even find him but so spencer steer absolutely incredibly late i don't know where it is on adp uh but it's late uh he's in cincy which we've already established is the midwestern cores yum yum give me some Hello, ice cold Midwestern course. Uh, Spencer Steer with uh with a moist suck ass getting kicked to the curb. I think I think he's the everyday guy, Steer. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know if that's necessarily like you know, that doesn't mean like top 10 value. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be realistic here. But uh Midwestern course is good. Uh Steer's got a uh, decent good power, it'll be power enough for Cincy where he'll hit like he'll hit the usual first baseman numbers of like 17 to 22 homers. <laughs> you, don't, <laughs> you don't have to worry about that, but he also has a good hit tool, supposedly. Last year he hit 211, so that wasn't good, but he doesn't strike out a lot, so you have and he has a really good eye, so he walks a lot. He had like you know, he was approaching 400 on base percentage in the minors. Steer could. Surprise with like a 250 average and 20 homers and you're talking to Andrew Vaughn. <laughs> What's up? <Yeah. laughs> uh, so, oh, yeah. oh
1: man. Is <laughs> right, there yeah.
2: anyone was there anyone you had your eye on uh be done? Uh
1: my guy that that's going late here uh, in this group is Spencer Torkelson. Um and it's it's really just based on uh that fun word that we've spit out a few times, prospect pedigree. Um <laughs> I mean, he was he was literally like a like a top five prospect coming in the last year, top 10 at least. Um, obviously his first stretch in the majors didn't go great, hit 203, not a ton of power. Strikeouts weren't that bad. Um, he still he was still walking, but like everybody that you talk to that that has seen this kid and, and works in the prospect world, like says spencer torkelson is a just a great hitter so i am willing to take him he's being drafted around 340 maybe even later than that so at his current cost and what he could potentially give you if he, if it just kind of clicks for him i i think that's a shot that i'm willing to take
2: yeah well all right you know who else they say uh is a great prospect is jonathan or <laughs> i don't know what happened to him you know who else they really like Vidal brujan huh people are really talking that guy up uh yeah so uh torkelson for me is yes because of his price and i agree that i'm willing to give him one more chance so very late the two spencers steer and torkelson
1: yeah Yep. Yeah, i uh, i think that's fair um you know, we'll, we'll, that's where we'll look towards the end. And uh, we'll get into Brion Bre- when we get over to his position. But uh, I think uh, I think we've covered plenty up here in this almost two-hour podcast, Gray. Uh, as always, if you have specific questions, come to Twitter. You can find me. I'm at RazBedon. Or Gray is, of course, the manager of the at RazBall account. Subscribe, rate, review, listen, all that on YouTube.com slash RazballFantasy or on the, in whatever you get your podcasts on. And until we get back for second base next week, I will talk to you later,
2: Greg. All right, late.